Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. I've been listening to this song. It's an old song, but it was recently done like 20 years ago by Michael W. Smith uh, called There Is None Like You. I don't know if you're old enough to know this song. It just goes simply like this. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity long and find no one, no one else like you. And this week as we fasted, this has been the cry of my heart. It's been the realization. It's been my prayer that each and every one of you would have the re- like that revelation that there's none like Jesus, that we could search high and low through every hilltop or valley and still find none like him. And this morning as we press in, as we come together and worship, as we break our fast, I do believe that he's going to reveal himself in ways that we've never encountered before. See, our theme for this year is New Horizons. We really believe that God is opening up new horizons, not just as a church corporately, into new areas of ministry, to new areas of the mission field, but also in our lives personally. God is hoping, he's, he's crying out to us and saying, would you have the courage and the faith to allow me to open up new horizons into new areas of your life? And man, it sucks sometimes when God says that to you. You know, I'm all about our God is a loving God. Our God's a good God. But there's other sides, like our God is a disciplined God. Our God is a principled God. Our God is a God that understands to get from A to B in strength, requires some form of diligence. And so though we love to talk about faith, grace, and hope, I'm here to encourage you that God's also come to place in your life a spirit of discipline a spirit of fortitude, a spirit that can withstand the storms. That's why he says, don't build your castle on the sand. That takes no discipline. Build it on the rock. It takes longer, harder work. And this morning, we're going to talk about this simple concept. We're putting pause on our series, which is in the beginning, lessons we can learn from Genesis. Who's been enjoying that so far? It's good. Hey, going back to the book of Genesis and studying it so we can teach and preach on it has been like, wow, I forgot about that. And you're like, Pastor Ben, you forgot? How could you? Oh, I'm watching Netflix, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're people too, um, us pastors. I'm putting a pause on that. And for today and for next week, when we go into our launch for dual service, we're going to be talking about this concept. And it's a new horizon, but it's creating space for faith. You know, it's going to sound funny where I got this concept from. And a few of us are going to laugh a bit because we were all present when this took place. But it profoundly affected me um, to the point that I've been thinking about it for a a few months now. We were, you know, before we got lazy and less disciplined, a few of us boys used to play basketball pretty much every second morning. We'd go to Delbrook. We'd get up early, be there by 6 a.m. or 6.30 mostly. And we'd play for a few hours. And we have this great friend. His name's Andreas. And uh, he's actually quite good at basketball. But he's also a character and... And while we were playing, it was two on two. Matt, was he with you? He was on your team, right? And he's trying to help Matt understand the game of basketball. And so he keeps yelling out, Matt, create space, create space. And Matt's like thinking this through. And he's trying to, what he's trying to say is position yourself in a place where I can give you something so that you can do something, right? So you can be effective, so that you can be useful, (laughs) right? Because he was struggling to play one against two. He needed Matt to come in. And weirdly enough, 
when Matt gets this concept, they start winning, right? They start playing better as a team, create space. And we, we sort of joked about it for months after that. We'd see Andres, he comes in and has coffee with us all the time. We're like, go out for lunch, create space, Andres. I said to him, hey man, maybe in the coming weeks I can go to download chicken with him because he's been bugging me. And I said, I've, I've lost a bit of weight lately. So I said, I've created space <laughs> for download chicken. And so we laugh about that. But for a long time, I've been thinking about this, create space. And God just started saying to me, Ben, Avant Life, the individuals and as a church, you need to start creating space for faith. Position yourself in a place where I can give you something. I can pass you the ball so you become an active contributor. So that I can position in your life power and authorities. Not so that we could just play basketball, though that'd be awesome if I could dunk Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But more importantly, that I would be somebody that would be open to the presence of God saying, I'm going to trust you with this, invest it, work on it, be disciplined with it, and allow us working together to the extension of the kingdom, create space for faith. There's a story that takes place because Jesus is all about creating space for faith. And we're going to talk about this more next week. But there's one story in particular that I love. When I read it, it just stands out to me and it says, Ben, this is Jesus creating space for faith. And if we don't create it, He's going to try to force us to create it. And we call it hardship. And we call, oh God, where are you in this? He's like, I'm trying to allow some space so that you could stop relying on the comfortability of life and you'd start to invest in faith again. Do you know one of the things I find incredible is Jesus didn't come to usurp faith. Did you ever, did you ever come to that understanding? He didn't come so we didn't need faith. He actually came, the Bible says he's the pioneerer and the perfecter of our faith. So if anything, when Jesus came, he came to show us that without faith, it's impossible to do anything, especially please God. And so this morning, when we read this story, I want you to start thinking in your own life, God, have I not been creating space for you? Maybe it's in your relationship with others. You haven't been giving space to Jesus so that he could work in and through you to, to to reach people through the good news of his salvation, through your testimony of his love in your life, that transformational power. Maybe you haven't been creating space in your finances to invest in the kingdom. That could be you. Maybe you haven't been creating space in your marriage so that Jesus is the center of the love that you have for your wife or your husband. Maybe you haven't been creating space in your parenting and you haven't had the faith to invest certain levels of God into your kids. Maybe you don't have the space in your life right now to believe God for a miracle of healing because of hardship and pain. I'm not here to judge you on that. I can honestly tell you, I've been through those seasons and not like a long time ago. I mean, recently, those seasons where you're like, oh, I don't have time. And it's not like I don't have like physical time. I just don't have emotional time or energy. And it's in that moment we have that choice of, am I going to allow the space to be created and say, God, I need you right now. Oh God, use me right now. Oh God, I want to invest in you right now. Then we'll always be chasing ourselves. And I don't know about you, but whenever was the problem, the solution. You can't save yourself. You can't resurrect anything. 
You don't have that power. You don't have that authority outside of Jesus. So if you are here this morning and you're saying, God, I need something resurrected this morning, stop looking to yourself. Stop looking into what you can provide, what the world can provide, because they weren't able to resurrect anything. Neither can you. The only thing that can resurrect something from death to life is the power of the Holy Spirit that we get to inherit because of what Jesus has done on the cross. That is living today as just as it was alive 2,000 years ago. Well, let's read this story, Awakened. You guys ready? My reading voice is terrible, but here we go. It is the chapter 14 in the book of Matthew, verse 22. It says this, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowd, and after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself uh, to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was uh, already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. There was a storm. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. We're going to stop here for a second. I love this story because what did I tell you earlier? Jesus loves to create space for faith. So previous to this, I mean like immediately before this story, Jesus has just fed 5,000 men. God knows how many children and, and kids are included in that. And the Bible says there's leftovers. There's, there's more than enough. And the disciples have experienced this amazing, impossible divine nature of Christ. And he does something incredibly cool here. He says, get on this boat and go across the lake without me. Let's create some space. You've just encountered the miracle that is in my nature. You know me a little bit better. Let's create space. And he sends them out. And I love that whole idea. He dismisses the crowd. I just see a principal right now. Grade one, off you go. Grade two, there you go. After he's done that, a few thousand people. Bible says he climbs up onto the mountainside. And if you knew exactly where this is, this mountainside overlooks the lake that they're on. So he can see them. It's not disconnected from them. If anything, he's probably got a smile on his face because he knows the storm's coming. He's like, let's see how these guys go in this created space. And when it was far enough away, Jesus begins his trip back to them. They're ready in the storm. And so these are sailors, and they're struggling to keep their boat going the right direction. And they see Jesus walking on the water, and they're terrified. And if you study into this, they think he's a ghost for a while. And we pick it up here. It says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they climbed back into the boat and the wind died down, those who were there in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they crossed over and landed, people came from everywhere. The word went out to everywhere that Jesus had arrived. But that story of created space for faith. So he says, you have little faith. Jesus is not being like a real downer on this guy right now. You have little faith. After what you've experienced and after what you've seen and what you know of my nature, less than 12 hours earlier, by the way, 
Why would you, why would you doubt? See, the Bible says, and if you read through the different Gospels of this same story, that Jesus was, he was far enough away from the boat for them to find it hard to distinguish who he is. Right, And so they cry out to him because they know if I can hear my master's voice, I can identify him. Right? And so he says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. What I find interesting is often I see this picture of, you know, of, um, of Peter stepping out of the water, off the boat and, and walking on water for like one or two steps and then freaking out. And then Jesus just like, you know, Dragon Ball Z right next to him and picks him out of the water. But if I, if I piece this picture together right, I actually think Peter made it a further... He went pretty far than we, we want to give him credit for. I reckon he walked closer to Jesus or close enough to Jesus that Jesus all, had to, all he had to do was reach out his hand. And this is, my, this is why he says little faith. And I love that concept. Is that little faith. Why have you of little faith? Wow. If little faith got him that far, how far can we go? Often we look at it and go, oh... That's terrible. Peter, you let us down, mate. You suck. You're like, maybe that's just you, Pastor Ben. Sorry. This is how I see the world sometimes. But I think he got further than we give him credit for. And I think Jesus is actually saying, hey, your lack of faith and your littleness in faith got you this far. Why would you doubt? In our life this morning, when we create space for God... He's looking just for a little faith. If your miracle this morning is to walk on water, the Bible says it just takes a little faith because it took a corrupted little bit of faith for Peter to walk that far. What if God wants to stir in you this unshakable faith, this unbreakable faith, this fortitude, this grit, this determination? What could you achieve? Now, walking on water is great. But outside of proving to us that Peter and Jesus had a great relationship, what else did it do? We're going to dual service next week. And this is us as a church saying, we're God, we're creating space for Jesus right now. We're saying it's not about how many seats we fill. It's about how many seats we put out in front of you and say, Jesus, you fill these. This is your church. Every invitation is not an invitation to a Sunday service. It's not an invitation to church. It's an invitation to heaven. It's creating space to believe that God can do the impossible. I don't know about you, but me, for me to believe in that requires me to see God move in my own life first. And that's what this morning's about. That's what the week of fasting was about. Will you allow God space in your life? Will you allow Jesus to say, hey, I put you on this boat. I set you forth. I'm watching from the hillside and I will come to you in the time you need me. Are you willing to place your life in the hands of Jesus at his master's voice going, go and I will come. Not Jesus, come and I will go. See, we always want Jesus. Oh, Jesus, if you just go before me and trust me, he says I am anyway. But our disposition should always be, send me, Lord. Send me into my workplace. Send me into my school. Send me into my university. Send me to my city. I will go. When I was younger, uh, I got saved at a Hillsong conference when I was 11 years old back in 1999. And I remember sitting there and they're singing this song. Uh, I'm trying to remember it now. I don't have a great voice, but it says, Ask and I'll give the nations to you. This is the cry of my heart. This is what they're singing. 
I want you to think about this. First, I was young. If you don't know me, I'm half Indian. And I actually thought they were singing initially, uh, asking, I'll give the Asians to you. Um, and I'm like, here I am. I've come. I'm present. But that's not what they were singing, so I felt less involved. But saying, ask and I'll give the nations to you. Whatever your opinion is of Hillsong Church, I want to ask you, 20 years on from that song they were declaring, who has inherited the nations? Who created space for God to move, to change a city, change a state, change a nation, and now change nation after nation? I want to be a church that changes this city. I want to be a church that shifts and shakes this province. I want to be a church that brings Canada the glory of God that he's so longing to pour out on it. I want to be a church that brings the significance of the move of God in this nation to other nations. And it starts here simply with the dual service, simply in your own life going, I want to create space for faith. So this morning when we go back into worship, When we go back, I don't know your story completely. And if I do, I'm not going to share. It's called privacy. But the good thing is, Jesus knows your story. God knows where you're at. You might not be a believer this morning, but my prayer for you is, if you would just go, well, if God is true, if you have that question right now, then this is your morning to encounter him. Not through what I'm saying, but what he wants to say through his spirit to you. So this morning as we worship, maybe your story looks like heartache and brokenness. Maybe it looks like illness and terminality. Can I tell you this morning, our God is the God of the impossible. He says, whatever we shift in the spirit, we can, we can uh, have control and sovereignty over in the physical. So if you've got an illness this morning, we're going to believe in the presence of God as he shifts in this place, as he moves in this place. He's going to begin to heal every cell, every fiber, every muscle, every ligament and bone to the glory of his name. Maybe you're here and you're needing a financial breakthrough. Well, I'm here to tell you, we serve the God that owns a thousand head of cattle on a thousand hill. Nothing. Nothing is too costly for him. Actually, he sent the most valuable thing to himself to purchase this moment. Why would we waste it? You wouldn't waste a $30 Starbucks gift card. Why would you waste a moment with Jesus? Maybe you're here and you're asking God, I need direction. I need guidance. I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing in life. I don't know where you're leading me. I don't feel settled where I am. Or I don't feel settled in my job or my, my study. God, would you give me some sort of guidance? Well, in this moment, as you create space for him to move, I 100% know he's going to begin to lead. Holy Spirit's beginning to speak to you. He's going to unlock clarity and guidance in your life. And you're going to move forward in confidence. But it takes a posture of going, Holy Spirit, come. Reign in this place Lord, we just pray right now, Father, that you would open up heaven. You would tear open the fabric of heaven and you would pour it into here right now, Lord God. Father, that the church, Avant Life, which you have ordained and built and pioneered, Lord, would transcend that right now. Father, that lives would be healed. Father, that that provision will be met. Guidance will be given. Hope will be received and salvation inherited because of Jesus. Hope you enjoyed this message. We would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Other ways you can connect with Avant Life is through YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Or check out our website at avantlifechurch.com.